0: It's a good thing we are such avid consumers of pop culture, uh-huh, or we would be unlikely to have made such a masterpiece as this. You know if there's one word you could use to describe us as producers, uh-huh. It is resourceful.
1: Hello and welcome to the IWMP Podcast. My name is Ian Porter. And I'm Matthew Porter. I'm his son, he's my dad, and this time I switched things around. Because uh, last episode we watched a movie about uh, incomprehensible rambling, uh, psychotropic vegetables, and religious tones. So I thought we'd just keep on a theme here. (laughs) which is why i have pulled something which is it has had a large odd effect on me and i'm gonna start saying the name and people are gonna go and then i'm gonna finish it and they're going to be surprised although they can also just read the podcast title of course so we watched jonah a veggie tales movie cool movie specifically commentary track three great movie
2: (laughs) with Larry the Cucumber and Mr. Lunt. This is the one DVD for which we have watched it with the commentary track, that commentary track, far, far more than we've ever watched the movie. Oh, absolutely. This,
1: This commentary track is its own piece of media that happens to be stored on this DVD, completely separate from the movie it is theoretically related to.
2: We, but yeah, we we watch it so many times with the commentary instead of the actual movie. So I think this is going to take some setup for people to kind of guide them into what movie this is and why are we listening to this third commentary track and, and, and everything about this. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to explain how I came
1: across this when I was a kid. I am little. I am single digits. I want to say I was like... Late eight, maybe nine years old. Someplace in there, yeah. Someplace in there. And we'd brought this DVD for me to watch while we were visiting family members. And I'd, on the DVD menus, found that there were Easter eggs. And I wanted to look for all of these things. It was a scavenger hunt. Yay! And to let me continue to do so without, like, getting in the way and letting me kind of calm down, Dad sets up his, his laptop and sits me down with it so I can hunt through the menus. And in doing so, I find this commentary track listed with the two names of the names of two characters. And I'm like, oh, I like those characters, and I click on it.
0: This is Mr. Lunt, and this is uh, Larry the Cucumber, and we're watching the new logo. Oh, this is a good part. Woo-hoo! I love it when Bob gets it. That's right. Isn't that a hoot? So anyway, we're watching this movie here. It's a call, what's the movie called? It's called Jonah. Oh, that's right. A VeggieTales movie.
1: And I'm just listening to this thing and bewildered. And like partway in, I think you come up to the room and just do this double take as this disconnect of
2: what audio is coming out of the machine and what video is playing in front of me. I knew the movie and I knew VeggieTales and we can talk about that a bit. But, yeah, I come in, and suddenly you're watching Jonah, which I've watched with you before. But there's a different character who's not on screen, but who's a VeggieTales character, who is talking about his efforts to maintain his slender gordliness.
0: I'm on a, a low-fat diet to try to keep my slender gordliness shape. uh Which, you know, is, is a, a real key to my success in show business. Uh-huh. And I cannot eat fried fat.
2: And it, what, what is that? What, what, what is you, what are you watching, Ian? What is that?
1: And I know that we I did not finish the movie then, but it was like a, okay, what is this? We're going to have to watch this later. And at some other point we sat down and watched it with the commentary track and it was just (laughs) riotous. And we've gone back to watch that commentary plenty of times since, but it is this strange little nugget of gold
2: on this DVD that otherwise you probably wouldn't take a look at. No. We should, uh, just in case anybody listening doesn't uh, have that background, we should probably talk a little bit about VeggieTales and about this Jonah movie in its own right. Mm-hmm. The the VeggieTales brand is a,
1: a Christian education animation brand where originally developed because it was easier to model and animate vegetables than trying to give things with limbs interaction early cg models and early cg effects they made these little videos talking about morals and bible stories and things like that and i'd seen plenty of them like helping take care of kids at like sunday school kind of stuff at times and had known of it from that but it was it's this it's this brand that has just kept going for this long long time purely off of this simple but distinct animation look and
2: this wealth of content they can talk about and work with and it's had its ups and downs definitely uh, that that brand and the production company behind it but it really this this movie was an outgrowth of its heyday when it was selling tons of VHS tapes and then DVDs and and I always thought it was really well produced and it was it had this odd bit of sense of humor to it all the way through. But as you described, any given veggie tales show was this combination of illustrated stories from the Bible, usually the Old Testament, and modern stories involving Usually one of the little kid characters, this kind of this repertory company of characters who are in all of their different things. And their two main characters who show up all the time are Bob the Tomato and Larry the Cucumber. Kind of the Mutt and Jeff, Abbott and Costello team. And, you know, it was well produced for its time. It was interesting, the computer animation with just the vegetables with eyes and mouths hopping around. And it was always very straightforward it was religious, but it was it was it was religious messages that I think anybody would get value from, regardless of religion. Things like how to be brave and how to care more about what you know is important than about what somebody else thinks of you. Things like that. There are plenty of people I've met who are who are quite
1: set in an atheistic view, who still love VeggieTales just for their fun moral stories and their their mix of approachableness but with this weird bit of modernist vaudeville yes yeah very vaudevillian you're right uh, uh, straight with the tall character and the squat character yep. put to the extremes and their animation it one of the things i hear online and it's hard to search down da- search the direct interview this was from but i've heard from both sides reading about it descriptions of pixar employees calling to ask veggie tales people because the veggie tales people were doing some computer animation stuff earlier
2: right I and can so believe it's like that.
1: it's like i'm like pixar calling them like how'd you get this thing to be reflective <laughs> okay no it's a, thank you you know I'll, I'll send you a copy of this toy movie we're working on once we've got it done and like around that time frame so <laughs> this they've got this this excellent setup here And Jonah was, if I'm looking at the box here correctly, yeah, this
2: is copyright
1: 2002.
2: So they had for quite a few years been selling on tape and on DVD these half hour or so kids shows with this mix of of material and doing extremely well because these were really popular being sold at video stores and Christian bookstores and all over the place. And... They had spin offs that were like just collections of goofy music videos and things like that uh as the characters became more popular with kids, but they were doing really well and well enough that they decided, hey it's time for us to make a feature movie
1: yeah, and so they make a feature length movie, and it is a big jump in animation quality for them, even a lot of water effects, a lot of <laughs> yes, a lot of texture stuff, and they make the jokes about that themselves. But they go all out on this and build this full movie, and as a movie on its own, it's pretty good it's a class it's a it's a classic tale from the Bible that is a bit longer than would have fit in one of their main stories in terms of its content. It has got plenty of opportunities for them to keep on track with the story while veering off into their own little comedic bits
2: that they like to do, and they they do an excellent job with it, as just the movie it is. They do, and the story of Jonah was a good choice for them, because there was a lot for them to do. It's this long saga with lots of travel and different characters in different places, and it's got several different messages that they can tease out of that, about not running away from your destiny and what you're called to do, about not being jealous of someone else's opportunity to improve themselves or redeem themselves that doesn't diminish you about giving people said opportunity to be better and
1: choose a better path when they're when when the opportunity is presented and such there's there's plenty of good messages they're able to put into that
2: and a lot of story for them to work with to make this
1: feature film so if you're sitting your kids down or and you want to show them something that has a a nice positive message and is well animated, it's a great option. And once they go to bed though, you can pop in the same DVD and switch over to this commentary track.
2: <laughs> and Absolutely.
1: this is this is where this goes really in a different direction.
2: I would call it Veggie Tales After Dark if that didn't give <laughs> I mean it's not that extreme, it's just not does, this is the people who made this having fun, as opposed to the making something for kids. Absolutely. So, kind of the first, the
1: first level I think to look at this is the jokes we did, we couldn't make in the main movie, <laughs> right? There's plenty of stuff here because this entire commentary track is two of the the cast. These two characters being voiced
2: by Phil Vischer and Mike Naraki, the creators of the series. So these guys have been partners now for years working on Veggie tales night and day. Mhm. And
1: they're doing other animation projects on the side. This is not their only company. This is not their only venue, but this is their their you know Christian label. Right. For uh, kind of like some music uh companies will have a Christian label alongside their their secular labels.
2: Okay, so they were were working on other projects beginning to end as well and VeggieTales was just one of their projects
1: Mm -hmm. yeah uh, it's on on their Wikipedia pages it lists other little production companies they've run but they work together to run big idea VeggieTales oh big idea that's right that's the name of the Mm -hmm. company that did VeggieTales and so it's there's a lot of like immediate
2: interaction chemistry because these two guys know each other so much right and they're playing the Abbott and Costello team of of Bob the Tomato and Larry the Cucumber in pretty much every VeggieTales thing there is. Mm -hmm. And Bob is always the
1: the flat, serious, straight man to Larry's antics.
2: Right. Larry's the goofy, funny one, and Bob is, as you say, the straight man. In the
1: few instances, this other character of Mr. Lunt, the the decorative gourd with this distinct accent (laughs) I cannot do a copy of, actually plays more the funny man... Forcing Larry to play straight man in those interactions.
0: Next thing you're going to critique my accent. I would never critique your accent. It's so authentically You are Italian Hispanic. <laughs> you are on ice, pal. If we direct another movie together notice Produce? we produced it, didn't we? Yeah. That's a horse of a different color. Uh-huh. Then well, we might have to change the way we work.
1: And so it's these two guys, in character the entire time, just riffing their own movie. And putting in these jokes that they couldn't have made in the original show. But there's something of this comedic vent that this becomes (laughs) as these two guys get all of these other jokes out of their system. And
2: they're barely even riffing the movie because they go on these wild, weird tangents that just... They, they they for long stretches of time completely ignore the fact that there's a movie they're supposedly watching and commenting on it's just these two guys doing improv for 90 minutes and they're doing it really weirdly and really well it's, a, it's a, an amazing thing to listen to
1: oh yeah and if you listen to the pacing of it though and listen to when one of them will say no you told me the story it is very much in my mind a game of comedic chicken
2: yes it's like a weird improv
1: battle it's this improv battle where we're going to alternate telling telling ridiculous stories and yes ending each other when we can until someone has to tap out <laughs> and there is an <laughs> there, instance yes. there is there is a distinct instance where finally you know larry the cucumber just says Nope, strike that from the record. And <laughs> nope, they cannot deal... He cannot deal with this. He almost breaks character, if you listen. You can hear yes. him just
2: start to crack. And that's kind of been the... Uh, the What the the competition is throughout the whole thing, is who can just make the other one crack.
1: Oh, yeah. And so it's these two guys, and I, I also think they might be... They
2: might be Dream, and there might be some beers there, because their stories get more ridiculous. You know... I wouldn't rule it out, but I'm not even sure that is necessary as an explanation. I just think they built up so much weird comedic momentum in this extended vocal improv session that they just were topping one another and themselves and getting weirder and weirder.
1: And so we, and these are two guys who have set up a very successful and very well-made production. And so the same sort of creative humor that they put into all of the thing on the front end shows up in the back here. The fact that they are this good of storytellers is why the the main movie works. Yes. In, yeah. in some ways, there are plenty of things where a bad movie can be riffed into a good viewing experience. See all of MST3K. Right. This is an instance where a good movie's... Successive design is proven by the skills of the people who made it in this commentary track, just showing what they can do with not much prep
2: in that sense. Right. It's still showing their ability as comedians and as performers and as, uh, um, well, yeah, as, uh, it shows their ability as comedians and performers and to some extent writers, even though I think this is improv, but that same it's that's those same talents are what make the movie as good as it is the improv stuff is just that unfettered by the need to actually tell a coherent story beginning to end unfettered by the fact that your audience is uh pre kids yeah so
1: what one once they are once they're not limited by those two things they can just show this <laughs> raw energy and even when they were they were doing excellent with what they were giving, I don't want to say that that in some ways impeded what they were making before. Oh no, no, no. this is a just a
2: completely different side to the same creativity. Yeah, the same things that make this commentary track so funny are the things that make the movie itself good. So I say that because if you
1: if you do go to see the movie, if you do go do go to watch the movie, then it doesn't just have to be the commentary track. But I wanted to bring the commentary track here because. The stories they tell, these little snippets and these little side stories, have stuck in my brain <laughs> for so long now. And I will catch myself using bits of these stories as everyday phrases, as tiny little parables
2: in their own right of the strangest manner. Jonah, a Tales movie, was a really good kids movie you once watched when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. Joni, uh, Joni, <laughs> Jonah, a VeggieTales movie with commentary track number three by Larry the Cucumber and Mr. Lunt is a formative entity of media in your childhood. Exactly. It is a part of
1: what my sense of humor is now. A lot of their jokes wind up talking about the, the movie industry in general.
0: Well, because I was at the laundromat, uh-huh, and I picked up someone's underwear by mistake, uh-huh and they said on the band, yeah, G Lucas G Lucas G Lucas on G. Lucas. the band and I look over and right next to me there's a guy washing his wookie suit his wookie suit. Wow it's, and it's George Lucas
2: Yeah, I, I think there are a few different categories there's they do talk a little bit about this movie itself. They talk about, as you say, the movie industry in general, and then they talk about stuff that just, we don't know where it comes from. Mm -hmm. And the stuff about this movie is all faux backstory. Right. It is not
1: actually production, but it is the, the sort of thing you'd expect in a commentary track about... Oh yeah, this person at the craft table, and oh, he's not actually like that
2: off camera and yeah. such. But about these CGI animated characters, they're talking about how they cast and uh, the, the these characters that were... half of them are played by them and their friends anyway. Yeah, but it, oh, we found this guy in England somewhere. Yeah. Uh, the French peas? Yeah, they're actually Swedish. <laughs> oh, you're kidding me! Like,
1: it's like when they're not acting, they're a model in a folder on a computer. <laughs>
2: they're giving an entire second life to these characters again just <laughs> in this weird back and forth here i go Leo, you know, the porcupine in that scene i met him at a Chuck E. cheese <laughs> I, so like some of these stories though
1: have this strange tilt because they the entire thing is is set up at the very beginning that larry and mr lunt were the actual producers of this movie that the other names that are on this are just in case it goes bad. In which case, no, we're not involved in it. It's, <laughs> it's not us. You can't blame us. It, which should be one of the first tip-offs that this isn't for the kiddie, the kids when, when you're starting it. Because the moment there is, like, we're attempting to avoid legal repercussions if it goes badly. Yeah. That's, the, yeah, that's your forewarning.
2: And it's difficult to find funding for a film that's going to be produced by it Vegetables. So yeah. we had to put somebody else's name on it lots of lots of rigging for these characters to hold things since we don't have any arms right <laughs> yeah they're making fun of their own animation yeah throughout the thing i think anything <laughs> it's, it's it's a good role for a limbless actor a, a limbless vegetable actor um
1: was that that was a a, a non-sentient pumpkin that we used in that scene <laughs> Was he yeah. was he union? Yes, he was a he was a union non sentient
2: pumpkin. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that is a weird scene. This is towards the end of the movie, but um, our our main characters are at risk of being being executed by the the fish slapping denizens of Nineveh. Yeah, and death to, death by slap with giant metallic fish, and to demonstrate what's at stake and you know, how dangerous this is, the Execution machinery is being demonstrated by putting a pumpkin with a face drawn on it in crayon in the execution spot. And even first time watching this, I'm thinking, but everybody's a vegetable of some kind. Why isn't this pumpkin screaming? Why did they have to draw a face on this pumpkin? Why are there some vegetables that are sentient and some that are not and this is me watching this as like a 40 year old yeah so so even in the
1: non-commentary track version you have these little moments of a pumpkin with a sharpie face drawn on it and cutting back reaction scenes to the decorative gourd react, reacting in horror as this non-sentient <laughs> pumpkin gets smashed so that's already the humor on the front end, and now they're making jokes about whether or not that thing was unionized on the back end. <laughs> so there, there's that com- comedic bleed of this. There's some of that same joke style in the main movie itself. It has not irreverence, but a and a, not a and not just a silliness. It has a. It's very
2: self-aware in that sense.
1: Yeah, a, a wit to it. Right that it just it just is being turned up to eleven. And they are putting these jokes about this movie all throughout, but when the characters remember that there's a movie Yeah, occasionally. Oh look, there's a movie. What's happening? Oh look, there? there's a movie going on. Oh, oh, like cutting shutting down another story so we never get the ending of it. Just because oh look, I'm in this scene. It 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 sets up this odd bits of interaction, but
2: that's kind of the only times where the movie in the background's acknowledged. Right. I think any time the improv slows down, they have the movie there to look at as for a prompt. But mostly they're going wherever the improv takes them. And some of the stuff that they they say about the movie and about the cast are, are very weird and funny. And again, it's mostly it's most of the stuff that's funniest is just because it is so weird. This is quite Quite a big
1: musical number for sentient vegetables. How
0: much you do you think that they spent on that? Well, uh, we we spent on it. Oh, we spent on it? I don't know. I think we told the investors it was going to cost like 65 bucks. Really? I don't, I don't know if we went over that.
2: And they'll go on these weird linguistic spirals where, you know, they're talking about the the casting of the camel, the, the Jonah's camel. And that just goes in bizarre directions linguistically oh my goodness the a a non carnivorous camel in the isles of
1: great britain
2: yeah they found him in england and it goes they go from talking about whether or not he's indigenous to whether or not he's coniferous (laughs) (laughs) And, and those
1: those kind of like points are where they spiral into just talking about cinematography and the movie industry in general
2: right because apparently mr lunt and uh, larry the cucumber especially mr lunt has met a lot of bigwigs in the the movie industry and has gotten wisdom from them
1: look over in the laundromat and they and there's george lucas washing his wookiee suit (laughs) (laughs) like And one thing to take note is the time frame. This is a 2002 movie. So the references they're making are pretty
2: set to that time pop culture. They are. They're talking about George Lucas from the standpoint of they're in the middle of making the the prequels. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's talk about the Matrix in there, I believe, at one point. I think so, yes. I'm yes. trying to remember. It was the Matrix. Oh, they're talking about all of the wire removal. Oh, the wire removal. There, there was another
1: movie though that they said was part of the script to the Matrix at first.
0: You know, again we had to use the rigging, the That's very right. complex rigging and wire removal systems. Yes, pioneered for you know, uh, I think Roger the, Rabbit, the Matrix. Oh, the Matrix or Roger Rabbit? Roger Rabbit's Matrix. Uh huh. I think was the first film. Sure. And when that bombed, and they decided to make those two films separately, separately instead they of both together. Did really well. Yeah. They did, and and wire removal became part of the vernacular.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, they're talking about like wire removal and uh filming uh like this podcast we we record digitally so we do not sound wet <laughs> right, so, so and then it's like <laughs> this this, isn't... they're they're making fun of the fact that they cannot render onto the characters like moisture or reflective surface with the computer technology they've got so they're just hand waving it away that oh yes we
2: filmed digitally that's right it starts out the mocking the scene that's happened to be showing uh, at, at the time and goes on to this weird explanation as to why it looks the way it does and, and then how they learned all about that from george lucas of the laundromat and the fact that george lucas
1: goes to uh a cinem- a cinematography camp where they do trust falls with their cameras <laughs> Like, and that's the sort of progression you get of one of them will like reference what's going on in the movie and try to ask the other one about something about it, and this'll lead into a story and then one of the other ones will pick up a second story off of that, and they'll just keep going until they either have to reset on the movie again or one of them finally cracks, and that's that back and forth you know staring contest you know game of comedic chicken going on. And that second story set has so much content just because they keep on coming back to these strange interactions with Hollywood bigwigs and pop culture. And it's in this... It's in this style that sounds almost parodical of commentary tracks
2: in general. Oh, definitely. This is definitely a parody of the 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 commentary track whose reason for existing is to show you what a connected Hollywood insider the commenter is and which is great the way they take that in weird directions and for them to be doing this though allows them to kind of set Veggie Tales in this world that is bigger than it is that's true it does make Veggie Tale on the one hand they're saying it you know, it was a movie that they made on 65 bucks. On the other hand, they're talking about all the remote casting calls they did all over the world and the location shooting and the advice that they got from George Lucas and and, and other Hollywood luminaries. It is this strange combination where this movie was apparently everybody in Hollywood was paying attention to it.
1: And even when... In a weird parallel to that Pixar calling up them about how to do the animation, though, the fact that they're able to make the jokes about it says that they know what they're doing in terms of some of their content of that. They know enough about movies and the movie industry and such to make the jokes and make it detailed and granular enough to be that specific. There's
2: general pop culture stuff but they dive in a little deeper than they need to on some of these things. Yes, they do. There is that kind of sense that you know, if things had broken a little bit differently, maybe big idea would have been the big thing and 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 we'd be they would have been bought by Disney and turned into some giant empire.
1: Who knows? Who knows? So there's there's this this line there that I find so interesting and I've I've actually looked up wire removal thanks to this movie and learned <laughs> more about green and screen and how they do clone stamping of an area to remove it and how you can change focal length in order to make sure that thicknesses of wire aren't picked up from ang- from certain angles and all sorts of stuff. Thanks to this movie making all these <laughs> repeated jokes about, about wire removal and how, you know... You know Mr. Lunt's mom also uses that phrase, but usually in terms of laundry, which is a very different context.
2: <laughs> right. Yes. Because this is such a long, extended improv session, they have plenty of opportunity to go back and and revisit jokes they made 10 minutes earlier. And again, that makes the whole thing seem somehow more plausible that this isn't just stuff they're making up on the fly. The callbacks are both uh, keep it all interconnected and are one of the
1: best ways for one of them to try to slip up the other one. By making a callback, forcing the person to remember the entire ridiculous story they'd said 30 minutes ago after they've already gone through two other stories and now tie it back in. Because they do that with, you know, characters having been met at traffic court. And they do that with wire removal. And they do that with
2: Krispy Kreme donuts. Right. That's one of those things where it's about the movie. So it gives them an excuse to come back to this and how the movie production was fueled by Krispy Kreme donuts. Because that's what everybody eats on movie sets. And so
1: they're calling back like Krispy Kreme donuts. And now they're putting a Krispy Kreme into the whale.
2: Right. Because they go from needing Krispy Kreme donuts for everybody who's on this shoot on location somewhere to needing Krispy Kreme donuts for the giant choir and how many Krispy Kreme donuts the whale is eating. <laughs> and and it it just keeps building from there. And that's
1: kind of the third set, which is the completely off the rails stories. <laughs> right. The ones where it's not actually tied to either the movie or their movie
2: industry jokes anymore. This has just become its own entity. Right. They t- start talking about Andy Griffith at one point, which is one of the funniest bits in the whole track, and yet it has nothing to do with this movie. It's just weirdness piled upon weirdness. The entire Hush Puppies monologue, which is also
1: early <laughs> enough where if you didn't get it before, and I don't want to spoil what the Hush Puppies monologue stuff has in it. If you do not get the fact that this is not a st- not the commentary track for the kids, once the hush puppy's commentary starts coming up, it's kind of the they
2: better not be in the room anymore moment. Oh, you're right. I can imagine some people sitting down to watch this, and they've watched it so many times with the kids already. They say, "Oh, it's here's a commentary track, but it's got those two funny characters you like. Let's watch this." And then they get to the hush puppy conversation, and it's like, "Quick, stop." no let's let's not watch this yeah let's let's t- do something else and that's this about, is not for kids that's a, that's about 30
1: minutes in to the actual runtime here so it's far enough in that you'll have at least gotten a sense of the humor right. but it's also not so far that your kid has committed to this yet and these these complete tangents are the ones that actually have seeped into my everyday conversation the
2: slender gordliness comment. Oh yes, yes we must. We must watch fat intake to maintain our slender gordliness.
1: <laughs> Just the phrase gets me. <laughs> yes. Well, let's look into the characters a little bit more on this one here for a moment cuz some of the humor in here is the the voices that they
2: keep running for both of these characters the, the entire time and they stay in character they're locked in they lock even in. when they're they're trying to tap out they're doing so in character larry is the the funny guy but that means he's
1: in normally but he that means he's got this kind of higher squeaky voice he's got this this always energetic kind of voice going on. But that means that when he's telling these stories about the movie industry and about these strange side tangents, it has this optimism and this energy to the entire thing. This upbeat personality going on. Meanwhile, Mr. Lunt's character is this slightly flat monotone at times.
2: But I, ca- I cannot place the accent anywhere. <laughs> And they even talk about that, how the accent is. Well, yeah, that's very authentic. Whatever that is, <laughs> <laughs> I cannot do that accent to save my life.
1: <laughs> but they—they they are locked into this. But it means that when Mister Lunt is then telling a story, it has this earnestness, this
2: serious. I know what I'm talking about. Kind of. Yeah, and this kind of goes back to the characters they tend to play as parts of this. Ensemble that that does the uh, the Veggie stories generally. In that, Larry is the on the surface does not appear to be very bright, but he is very kind, and he is has this weird sort of wisdom to him because of all of that, and he's very direct. And then, Mr. Lunt, he's more of the self serving more of the looking to protect himself and find an angle very very smart but he's out for himself kind of character slightly griftery. yeah a little bit and you can you can uh you can kind of see these they're staying in character in that respect too throughout the uh throughout the commentary track where lunt is as you were saying earlier ian um uh, they didn't put their names on the the as producers on this, just in case it didn't work out properly. And talking about how they uh, they found one of the person who plays a supporting character, they found him in traffic court, and they got him to be in the movie for the cost of paying his traffic ticket. He sideswiped a state trooper. <laughs> You do you do Larry the Cucumber quite well.
1: I can do a decent Larry the Cucumber, and you actually can do the decent Mr. Lunt at times, which is why I've heard you pull that out of nowhere and throw both me
2: and Mom. This is because of my slender gordliness. <laughs> that wasn't very good. Oh, yeah. But it is... It, the
1: characterization actually emphasizes it and shows... And they're they're just locked in here. But that also says the types of stories these are. They are even in all of this they are telling stories about personalities and character types in these interactions mr lunt is looking looking out for you know something new and such but he's always doing it with the we're going to make these movies there's this we're here i'm here to do this job kind of angle true he does have a drive and he sets goals and apparently reaches them and larry has this optimistic i want to make people happy i want to do the thing i like meeting the people kind of Even, even when they're doing all of this, I don't feel like they ever strayed from the characters that are seen
2: on the, on the, the show and the, the positive influence those characters can be. That's true. And we've even mentioned the examples of the, when they're talking about casting, I think it was Larry who was talking about having met the porcupine in a Chuck E. Cheese and striking up a conversation and asking if he wants to be in a movie. And, whereas Mr. Lunt is the one who's figuring out that oh I can convince this guy to be in our movie if I pay for his traffic ticket and <laughs> it'll be cheap. Uh, and oh
1: I'm I'm here holding George Lucas's underwear at the laundromat but this means I can get to f- <laughs> pick his brain a little yes. about stuff for my movie. <laughs> Even uh, so I'm I'm looping this around. We start with looking at this as a movie from a company that is attempting to with Skill and talent tell these stories about, you know, positive influence and in morality and, you know, these these good life lessons. And we move into... These are talented people with a vent. And they are talking about the movie that they made. And they're talking about... <laughs> and they're joking about the movie industry. And they're joking yeah. about whatever they want to talk about. And I'm looping it back around to say... And in all of that, they're still actually doing a positive message. In some ways... There is some way there is commentary track three is VeggieTales for the older audience in all those senses. I like that because the same, the, the little comments and these little jokes and such have, have a, a way of approaching the world to them. And so when they've stuck with me, they've stuck with me with some of that message this this optimistic. It's slightly, slightly humored as protection at times. But I'm gonna make
2: it through, and I'm gonna get my stuff done, and huzzah! Kind of mentality, is still part of it. So so these are two guys who got together to make a movie. Mister Mister Lunt and uh, Larry the Cucumber, they got together to make a movie, and they succeeded. The movie is there, and Larry contributed by being kind and friendly and open and mr lunt succeeded by being focused and not letting difficulties get him down and finding the people who had the skills that he needed to learn you're right this is this is a good message as you say especially for older kids who are who are starting to set goals and and make decisions that's it great. Is, I never it thought is a, of it. It that, is a so. great, le- it got great lessons in there for anybody. If you think you're too
1: old for the main movie, turn on the comedy track. And it still, is the movie in terms of a morality <laughs> tale and lesson. It is excellent. And so I, I, I kind of wanted to share that in this because I went from being the target audience to being the bewildered audience to realizing I was still the target audience. And then the, appreciating that the entire way I'm, i might be rolling into our ending here a little a little early but
2: i'm willing to kind of kind of bring that to a full circle there i like that i never really thought about it in that sense but you, you're right in that this is a legitimate part of this movie production and what the whole big idea of Veggietale's mission was mm-hmm. and they succeeded once again and this is prob- this is one of the most watched and rewatched DVDs in our co- in our, our, our weirdly big collection, for, for very good reason. And it's almost always with that co- commentary track. It's also just raucously funny, I'll oh, admit. Oh, no <laughs> question. This is a movie where we will watch it, and it has a
1: longer runtime with the commentary because of the number of times you have to skip back because you're laughing too hard. <laughs> like,
2: what did he say about What was, was that bit? I've got to hear that line <laughs> three more times right now. So yeah, I guess we have come around to our uh, our usual questions. So for a movie that's always um watch or don't watch, screen or no screen. And I I'd like to hear your yours on this first. Well, I think we've uh, we've both um answered this already, but I would say uh definitely this is a screen. Watch this. And I would say that it's worth watching at least once. Uh, for the movie itself, for for Jonah a Veggie Tales movie, if you've got a kid who's at the right age to to really be the target for this, so much the better. But even if not, it's just a good, and the movie itself has a lot of good humor in it. So I'd say that movie is is definitely worth watching. Absolutely, it is worth watching with that commentary track. If you've got a certain sense of humor, it's very worth watching. So definitely a, a, a screen for me. It is a
1: screen for me as well. Even if you're not interested in the, the story and content that VeggieTales usually does, if you're an animation fan, watching the movie is great. Excellent water effects, excellent material effects. They're, gr- they're great animators, and they show off a lot of skill, especially for when this was made. This is a movie that I have assumed it was made later with some of its animation talent that they were able to get out right when they did. So I'd say that the original movie is a definite screen, and then you have got to watch it with a commentary track. It is amazing with the commentary track because it is a different experience and the same experience. It is... It is one of those things where you will have lines caught in your head for a long time. You will have these a clear idea of what these two character voices are for the rest of your life. And you will, you will never be able to look at a Krispy Kreme or a Hush Puppy the same way ever again. It is an excellent, excellent movie with the commentary track.
2: So the other question that we've got is revive, reboot, or rest in peace? That's a that's a weird one with this. It is partly because of the strange history that VeggieTales had following this movie, because it had, uh, uh, I think it changed ownership at some point, and it, it went through some financial difficulties, just because of yeah you know, the, the problems that a small enterprise like this can have expand when expanding. Mm-hmm. But there is a new VeggieTales show. Uh, that started in, uh, or was announced rather, in March of 2019 through uh, Trinity Broadcasting.
1: Yeah, they 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 kind of are having their own revival, and they're continuing to to work. And some of what I heard happened with them was kind of rights involving streaming and such. Right. A lot of their previous avenues of distribution, with when when they were VHS tape based company in that sense, faded away. And the fact that they're still doing stuff and still around is excellent because I've seen enough people mentioning and referencing and joking about their, sh- their show online to know that there's an audience out there. And know right. that an audience, even who wouldn't have looked at them before, is going to appreciate them as either comedic animation, morality tales, both, everything. It's fun. I've seen I've literally seen people pull clips from the VHS shows to use as reactions online. Just because <laughs> there's there's a sense of humor there that yeah. works that is not
2: that is not mean about it because of the way they ever do it. That's true. There this is a show uh, and, and in this movie also. It can always be very, very witty without ever being mean. And that's a hard thing to find sometimes. Yeah, don't be mean. Uh,
1: this So the fact that this is continuing to work and that these people are still making this show is delightful. So I think it's kind of gotten a, a revive in that sense on its own. But in terms of what this movie is on its own, I think it's a rest in peace. You can't make another Jonah with this commentary track. But it's revived and going on, on its own.
2: Right. And as far as the, the revival or the reboot, and I suppose you could probably call some of the, the VeggieTales productions later on as either one of those. Because it's hard to talk about continuity when you're talking about sentient vegetables. There, there, they ha, there have been more VeggieTales productions, but there was something different about the Jonah movie. In terms of its scope, its scale, its it, and therefore its style of storytelling, I don't think it's. I think there are really significant differences between the storytelling in Jonah and the storytelling in your typical VeggieTales show. And because of that, I wouldn't call any of what has been made after Jonah a revival or a reboot of Jonah. That being said, I don't know that we need a revival or a reboot of Jonah. For the movie itself, I would kind of be interested in seeing them do another large biblical story as a feature film in the style of Jonah. Whether they could ever replicate the weirdness of that commentary track, I don't know. Um, I'd almost want to see them try because I know there'd be some funny stuff in it. But I'm happy to say... Maybe I'd like to see a revival in that sense of another VeggieTales feature, but I'm happy to say rest in peace because I know I'm going to keep watching this and listening to that commentary track forever, anyway. Absolutely, I.
1: That commentary track, I I think we're both in agreement. That commentary track is a thing that will stay, that should stay as it is, and will always stay as it is. Right. So. That I'm I'm happy with
2: that. Well, once again, uh, you've you've taken over the podcast for an episode, and I have enjoyed it tremendously because it was an excuse to watch this again. <laughs> yeah. And and yeah, I did spend a lot of time look, thinking about the parallels between uh, this and altered states. Oh yeah,
1: it, it's got all it's got all of the same sort of
2: talking points, doesn't it? Oh absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You've got you've got you know desert locations, you've got psychedelic vegetables, you've got weird music. Um, I now I'm also trying to imagine a VeggieTales movie directed by Ken Russell.
1: If if you put Larry the Cucumber into a If you A sensory deprivation tank requires salt water. I think if you put Larry the Cucumber in one of those, he comes out of pickle. <laughs>
2: Now that suggests a whole parody of uh, of Altered States featuring Larry the Cucumber and Friends. Oh my goodness, I've just hit upon something horrifyingly interesting. Well, I think that might be it for the episode, though. Yeah, I think so. So uh, where can they find you? Well, people can find me on Twitter. at I'm uh, at Porter, Or you can find me online at uh, com. And I'm online at
1: itemcrafting or itemcrafting.com. And you can find the podcast itself at IMMPcast on Twitter or on the web at immproject.com. And we'll be back in a few weeks with another piece of media from the past, although my dad will probably be taking back over at that point. Oh, I've got plans for that. Oh, boy. Well, I'm excited, and I'm going to go get my notebook again. In the meantime, go find something new to watch.